Hello, this is Mary Jo Ryder. Hey, Mike here. Welcome to This Moment with MMJ. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. Happy Memorial Day. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what this, this session is going to be about, in a way. Yeah, um, it's we're going to go in a direction that uh, I think is, is needed right now. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about, Mary Jo and I had a conversation. It all stemmed from back... A while back, I cut my finger on a table saw. Yes, I was naughty. No, I did not listen to the Holy Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that's kind of the thing about that. When something happens and you know you missed it, it's very much an educational experience. It's like, okay, so that was the voice of the Lord, and I need to make sure. (laughs) Do this. Right. You know, one thing that Mike and I do go back and forth a a lot of times, if we believe we've heard a thought and... And just to do it, and then what we say afterwards is that all is well, you know, because right. it's always a bummer if you had a thought and you didn't do it, and then something went wrong. And it's, uh-huh. and it can be minor to fairly major, actually. You have to be, yeah. we used to always need to be listening to the Spirit, the Spirit of God inside of us. Uh-huh, because it, it, it can be major, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's really, it really pays. The concept uh, that we're going to kind of address today is is called the foxhole buddy in the army they call it a battle buddy but it's kind of the same thing right and how we talked about it was mike's just said that he needed to be praying for i've i've um i'm believing for a miracle creative miracle in a, on a tooth of mine mm-hmm. that it will no longer be an issue right that a crack will get healed right so and then i said i said you know what i'm going to pray for your teeth and I'm going to pray Barry for his finger for right. a creative tendon and ligament. Right. So what we're doing is we're going to bat for each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my the issue with my finger, I'm on the path to perfection, praise God. And it's... It looks great. Yeah, it's it's doing great. And Mary Jo's teeth are on the path to perfection. Her tooth mm-hmm. is on the path to perfection. And, we're you know, we're believing for each other. But I found it very fitting also for... For Memorial Day to be talking about the concept of the foxhole buddy, mm-hmm. the battle buddy, um, is it's born out of obviously it's a military term. If you're familiar with all what a foxhole is, it's a two man fighting position. Uh, it's uh, defensive in nature. You know, you're kind of putting a um, a perimeter around your unit, to, you know, for for protection and stuff like that, and to better withstand assaults of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the person that you are paired with in your foxhole, mm-hmm. obviously it's called your foxhole buddy, battle buddy, your, your life ends where theirs begins. Okay. They become your responsibility. Mm-hmm. That in... in Bonds that are forged in in training, in hard training, in actual combat. I wouldn't know about the combat because I've never seen, never heard a shot fired in anger. Um, but the training and the serving aspect, mm-hmm. I'd have people that if I could find their number, I could pick up their phone and it'd be like I. It would be like I saw him yesterday instead of thirty plus years ago. Right. And you find really quickly that a lot of the bonds forged in the fires of battle last 
longer, are tighter and closer knit than any other bonds that you can ever have, even closer than family. They be, it's almost like they become closer than your family. I like to listen to uh, testimonials of, of soldiers that have been in battle and things like that. Just just the history nerd in me really kind of just seems like it's the boots on the ground, man, and the whole type of, of thing that I'm looking at. A lot of other people will look at, you know, the Navy, the, the strategies, and these armies went here and these navies went here and did this and that. And I'm like, these guys got together in this hole and this happened and that, you know, it's, it's the, the grunts experience or the, the people in the air, whatever it was, it's, it's the man, the, that is kind of the focus of, of my study when I study and I see it so often, you see it so often. It's like a, a couple of things. You see the bond that people get that, that is forged among men when they're in, intense training. I can't help but think of uh, uh, E Company 506 Parachute Infantry, 101st Airborne in the Second World War. They had a, uh, when they were in training, they had a commander that was was very intense and they forged a bond during their training time mm-hmm. by pulling each other up, by lifting each other up, by helping each other out. And guys, they had a place that they ran up and down this hill. It was three miles up, three miles down. And it was almost like the, the company commander would single somebody out to go run that hill as punishment. Mm. And you see times where other guys in the company, guys in his platoon or whatever, would grab their gear, put their gear on, and go share that punishment with their buddies. Sure. And they would go and run that hill together. And... I, it wasn't too long ago when Dutch shared a story about uh, a child, a young man that was caught lying. He was caught skipping school and he was lying about it. Mm-hmm. And they gave him a punishment to, he'd had to go sleep in the attic. He had to go to the attic and stay there for three days. And sleep there. Yeah, yep. I remember that. And sleep there. And mom and dad were like beside themselves because they were... I can't stand the thought of my son up in the attic by himself, mm-hmm. right? So dad grabs his pillow and his sleeping bag, I sleeping think. bag, and goes up in the attic with his son and says, "You know what? You need this. This needs to happen because of what you did. But I'm going to share the punishment with you." Right. Okay. Yeah, that was- so that's yeah, that's kind of like that uh, that whole battle buddy concept. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sharing everything. So. So we have some scriptures, right? That- yeah, well, I, I picked. Actually, it was interesting because I picked up the Bible this morning and I flipped to First uh, Samuel chapter seventeen, and it was amazing because it was the story of David and Goliath. And I was just, I was just reading it. I was like, yeah, they're all scared of Goliath and everything. And David comes out, this little teenager, short little kid, this almost ten foot giant, staring at him, and he's like, Who are you that you should defy the armies of the living God? He came out and then God became his battle buddy. Yes. Took the stone, right, sank it into the Philistine's forehead, and he fell down dead, right? David well no, he didn't fall down dead. I don't know that he fell down dead. Yeah. But he fell down. He didn't fall down dead because after 
he fell on his face, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, the stone sank in his forehead, so he was well on his way to dead mm-hmm. because you don't just get a stone sink in your forehead and not get brain damage from it, right. you know, and a right. fractured mm-hmm. skull. But the Bible says that he drew the Philistine's sword and killed him mm-hmm. and cut off his head. Right. Okay, so, yeah, he wasn't dead. But then I got to reading. I continued on and verse eight or chapter 18 verse one and two and three and four really just kind of leaped out with this whole concept of the the foxhole buddy i'll read it out of the new living translation after david had finished talking with saul he met jonathan the king's son there was an immediate bond between them for jonathan loved david From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. So does that, you know, what does that really mean when he did that? Well, here's, here's what I think well, you know, there's not really chapter and verse. We were looking in the Dake Bible. There's really not a note on um, what it means to give someone your sword and your bow and your belt. But just think about during that time period um, in history, they basically, I think they made their own weapons. Right. So he was giving David his best. And I did find a little uh, something about the relationship between David and Jonathan. It was like, the love of Jonathan and David was like that of a father and son. Because of their ages? Yeah. It's, it says they figure Jonathan was possibly about 40 years old when he met David, and David was a teenager. Right. Yeah. I okay, remember. So it was right after the battle with David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was immediately. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking that you know, the, the thought is probably that he knew David for about 15 years because Jonathan was 50, 55 supposedly thereabouts when he died with Saul in battle. Mm-hmm. That's funny because I've always had this impression that they were pretty much the same age. I did too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. That was kind of interesting. So, but I think that's what it has to do with. I think that is what it has to do with, you know, you, you give your, you give your foxhole buddy your best. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've I've heard people joke about this, and I don't know that it's totally anything to really, you know, be joking about. But in you know when I was in the service, it was like, hey, you want to win the Medal of Honor? Jump on a hand grenade, mm. or something like that. Maybe. And there's a lot of guys, you know, I sometimes will read through the recipients of the Medal of Honor, and you find a lot of them that jumped on a grenade. Jumped on a hand grenade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On uh, in the Battle of Iwo Jima, all, there was more medals of honor awarded in that one battle than I think any other battle in the history of the nation, if I remember correctly. And the overwhelming majority of them were awarded posthumously, which means the service member died. Right. And most of those were the guy jumped on a grenade. Mm-hmm. Right. And I th- I think that's. That's that's kind of well. Think about Jesus too. 
you know, love for us and the cross. He went through all of that and basically jumped on a hand grenade and allowed himself to be butchered for us. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, wow. And then go to what he said in John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, that he should lay down his life for his friend. Right. I mean, just a, a couple of stories along that line. There was a guy in, uh, 1965, his name was Milton Olive III, and he was a young black teenager, grew up in church, and I think they called him Sparky or something like that. He joined the Army when he was 17 years old and went off to Vietnam. He volunteered for the Airborne. Hmm. And at that particular time in the history of America, you don't really as a black kid going to that type of environment voluntarily most of the time because the army was segregated. Oh yeah. But there were still a lot of racism mm -hmm. going on at that time. And a lot of uh, discrimination, discrimination against blacks. Sure. So, but this kid was, he was, he was, I was reading his story. He was so above that. That's awesome. He's so, but, and he was, he was ministering too. He was born again mm -hmm. and he would just encourage everybody. He had just a bright, happy spirit about him. He was, he would minister to his friends. He wouldn't go out boozing with him or anything like that. You know, they found him reading this Bible all the time, but, um, he ends up in Vietnam, right? And he's out on a patrol and they run into a VC ambush and he's got, Three guys with him, and is himself and three other guys. Another black man, two white men, and his platoon sergeant was Hispanic. Mm, okay. Okay, so you got some racial diversity there. Mm -hmm. He's the one that jumped on the hand grenade. Mm -hmm. The first black serviceman to um, receive the Medal of Honor in Vietnam. Wow. And he did it to save the lives of, it. it skin color didn't matter to him. And it, sh it shouldn't. It he, doesn't matter to God. It doesn't matter to God. It doesn't matter to us. I'm right. probably the least racist person I've ever met. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm probably the least other person that I've ever met too. But anyway, it just, he didn't care. Mm -hmm. He didn't care about that. With all that stuff, all that fire of the, the racism raging around him, he didn't care. He didn't see anybody else through eyes of color. He saw them through the eyes of Christ. And he was willing to lay down his life for them that for they might life. live. Yeah, that's good. And you find it all over. If you if you go to cmohs.org, I think it is, Con Congressional Medal of Honor Society, and start reading some of these stories. And you'll look through the names. I mean, they're ordinary, everyday people like you and I. Mm -hmm. Um Native Americans jumping on a hand grenade, Native Americans going single-handedly and, and throwing a bunch of hand grenades into a machine gun nest and taking the enemy out so their company can move up and things like that, and they get killed in the process. They're just like, you know what, enough is enough. These guys are more important than me. I'm going out to finish this job or to, to get this rolling so we can get going with what we got to do or whatever. So we can bring that mentality into praying for people. Oh, man. Praying for, or like if we had a prayer partner. Having a prayer partner. And I got to thinking about it, really. 
Greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friend. It doesn't have to be that you stop a bullet for a person. It doesn't have to be that you jump on a hand grenade for a person. Mm -hmm. It doesn't doesn't have to be that. Mm -hmm. When you esteem your prayer battle buddy, you esteem their things Mm -hmm. as way more important than yours. You intercede for them. You buckle down in prayer. You get into prayer hard for them mm-hmm. more than you do yourself. Then there's where the concept of the battle buddy mm-hmm. translates into the spiritual battle that every single one of us fights on a daily basis. And how awesome to have a have a partner. Oh, how awesome to have somebody in the same hole with you, looking out for you, going to bat for you, praying hard for you saying, you know what, your things are more important than my things. And then you say that for them too. You need, you have that mutual, that mutual, I'm praying harder for you than I'm, than I am for myself. That's exciting. It is. It really is. And those bonds will never break. They will never break at all. You know, I was flipping through looking for another good scripture on this and came up with Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, bear, and this is in the Amplified, bear, endure, carry one another's burdens and troublesome moral faults, and in this way fulfill and observe perfectly the law of Christ, the Messiah, and complete what is lacking in your obedience to do it. For if any person thinks himself to be somebody too important to, con- to condescend to shoulder another's load when he is nobody of superiority except in his own estimation, he deceives and deludes and cheats himself. Yeah, that's pretty blunt, that's isn't it? very blunt, yeah. <laughs> but let every person carefully scrutinize and examine and test his own conduct in his own work. He can then have the personal satisfaction and joy of doing something commendable in itself alone without resorting to boastful comparison with his neighbor. That's good. Wow. Good advice. Mm, That, to me, that really epitomizes the concept of of the battle buddy, the foxhole buddy, is really shouldering someone else's burden. And I think we can have more than one, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, like you and I can back each other up, but we can also reach out and have a have a prayer partner mm-hmm. that's other than a, a marriage couple. Do you know, and I would say this too, as a as a measure of, I would say this, and it really escapes me right at the moment to, to articulate what the concept is, but I'll just be blunt and direct about it. Other than your spouse, never, ever have a, battle buddy, prayer partner, Mm. that is of the opposite sex. That's good advice. Period. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Because if you're, if you're, um, what's the word where you're sharing things, uh, you're. Well, it'd be more intimate things. mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't want to be going that direction with another, uh, a member of the opposite sex. Right. You're, you're you need to protect your marriage first and foremost but if you're you're um, sharing those types of things with somebody and you're praying 
in earnest for them. You know, I don't think it's wrong like like Mary Jo and I have a person who is a female that we are prayer partners together with her. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is, in my book, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, us being one flesh, being in agreement. Right. But there's no there's no shady business. Right. Because it's always the two of us together. Mm-hmm. It is never me with this other person who is a female alone. If it's any two that are, are alone, it's Mary Jo and, and this other person. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? So anyway, so that's a good... Uh, Good thing to remember, everybody. Let's have integrity about it. Um, getting back to Memorial Day, you know, the, the whole concept of Memorial Day that people look at nowadays is it's more hot dogs and camping and a day off of work. A lot of people really don't understand, I don't think anyway. Maybe I'm a little bit more intense on this just because of my heart's desire to have people remember that there was a price paid for the freedoms that we have in this nation. That's a good point. There was a price paid for the freedoms that we have in Christ, and it was his death on the cross. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I stumbled across this, and it was, I I started looking because I wanted to find out where it was decreed, declared, codified, whatever, on mm-hmm. Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I came across this, and it's very interesting Okay, how Memorial Day kind of, quote, started. Mm-hmm. The proclamation was put forth by President Dwight David Eisenhower, and he had this to say, the proclamation of uh, Memorial Day, May 24th, 1955. The, the typeset on this is really small, so I may kind of seem like I'm stumbling over this when I'm really just trying to read microtype here. <laughs> can't you make it larger? I can't. Okay. I can't. Well, you know what? Oh, yeah, I can. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Much better. May 12th, or no, May 24th, 1955, Prayer for Peace, Memorial Day, 1955. That's good. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation, whereas Memorial Day each year, serves as a solemn reminder of the scourge of war and its better aftermath of sorrow. And whereas this day has traditionally been devoted to paying homage to loved ones who lie in hallowed graves throughout the land and around the world, I'll add that, Mm -hmm. having sacrificed their lives that war might end, and whereas in tribute to these silent dead, it is fitting that we lift up our voices together in supplication to Almighty God, for wisdom in our search for an enduring peace. And whereas the Congress, in a joint resolution approved May 11, 1950, provided that Memorial Day should be set aside as a day of prayer for permanent peace and requested the President to issue a proclamation calling upon the people of the United States to observe each Memorial Day in that manner. That's good. Wow. Now, therefore, I, Dwight D. Eisenhower, President of the United States of America, do hereby proclaim Memorial Day, Monday the 30th of May, 1955, in this, you know, going down perpetually also, as a day of nationwide prayer for permanent peace. And I designate the hour beginning in each locality at 11 o'clock in the morning as a period in which the people of this nation may unite in beseeching God to guide the nations of the world into the ways of peace. 
I like that when you found that. That was good. <laughs> so Memorial Day, obviously, we remember our war dead. 1.3 million Americans have made the ultimate sacrifice since this nation was founded. Wow. It's good to remember, though. It is. It is. And for us to be in prayer and tie this back in, okay, to last week's podcast yes. about supplication. Supplications and proclamations. Right. Both. Mm-hmm. And the supplication being in worship. In worship. So So let's beseech God beseech today, him. Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Worship him. Spend yeah. some time in prayer. Spend some time praising and worshiping God. Let's thanking ask for him. Peace. Pray for the 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 lasting peace of this nation. You know, it's an, an interesting side note. Um, General Eisenhower in 1944, and his order of the day on D Day, June 6, 1944, he said, "Let us, let us beseech the blessings of Almighty God in this great and noble undertaking." That was the last line of his order of the day. So it wasn't the first time that he said, "Hey, let's pray, man, let's do it." Beseech the blessings of God. So, so let's do that. Let's do that, and have a great day. Be blessed. Remember the reason that, that this day exists. Mm-hmm. And I could go on and on telling stories, but I think we're just going to wrap this and uh, uh, get this out to you. But be blessed. Have a great Memorial Day. Pray for peace. Love you.